on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I realize that everybody's going to bet on something the next 10 years. That's right. Why not bet on yourself to really 10x or 100x what your vision is and trust that you can get it done? You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf gathering the kings. I've got a king, Chris Costanza here on the king stage. My brother, how you doing? Hey, Chaz, doing well, doing well. It's a beautiful day outside. How are you doing? How can we how can we sit and complain, especially when it's beautiful? I mean, even when it's not beautiful. I still can't complain, but but it makes it really hard <laughs> if it's beautiful, I know, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent. People are hungry. People are working more. People are excited about the day when it's blue skies. So we're that's right. We're excited. That's right. You know, I had I had a guest. Um, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, say that if you didn't if you didn't live with expectation, if you weren't after something, or if you were living rather with expectation, if you are after something, that that alarm clock when it goes like you. It, you even beat it like you it you it goes off with like oh yes now i get to go at it again rather than the you know oh you know i gotta wake up you know so that it that was a good one anyway neither here nor there chris what kind of business do you have man i want to know love it love it yes yeah, so i agree with the expectation so we actually run an insurance brokerage with uh, i got a partnership with farmers insurance also have a medicare business also run a real estate company we have a buy and hold real estate company property management in-house and yes. so we've uh, spent a lot of time last five years buying distressed properties, renovating them, renting them out, and then managing it in-house and trying to do some, you know, ways to benefit those clients, those tenants, if you will. Yeah. And uh, so that, that's kind of the main and plain, those two or three verticals and just trying to grow the heck out of both those and loving it. You know, we uh, really, the business I'm in is really developing, trying to develop leaders to help help them grow and develop into who they're called to be and so we've got a lot of young people on my team got some older people as well but that's kind of my our focus for our businesses yeah you know what you just said um and i want to dig more into it but when you when you're helping someone reach their potential like you said younger older it doesn't really matter um because it, it it's this it's this never stopping journey of reaching right Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's, uh, we're in the coaching business, being able to coach people, help them find their potential. That's right. I, I tell my guys, on my team, you know, a good coach can save you 20 years. You know, it can say, it can cut 20 years off your journey. And instead of beating your head against the wall over and over and over again, it's like, just align yourself to wise people. There's a proverb that says he that walks with the wise will become wise, you know, but a companion of fuel of fools runs into ruin. And it's like, I've just kind of tried to spend my life trying to figure out, how to avoid pitfalls and finding wise people to learn from. You know, yeah. it's, it's not a real brainiac solution to life, but it's like, let me just find people wiser than me, smarter than me and kind of find the cheat code, how to move faster forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you're right. It doesn't always have to be super complicated. It can be fairly simple to make sure it, it just, you get it. And then you, then you can take action. Right. 
Oh, 100%. 100%. It's good stuff. I, I can appreciate the uh, the angle of uh, real estate. Um, it sounds like they're all vertically integrated, especially since insurance or, you know, the insurance is needed in the real estate world and, and, and real estate brings you the clients, obviously, for the for the um, uh, management side. It sounds like you've been burring quite a few properties, which is fantastic. And uh, excited to hear about some of that. But before, before we do any of that, you were kind of just tapping a little bit on other people reaching their potential. I want to know like, what's yours? What's your potential? What, what, why are you doing this? What, why are you still doing it? Even at this very successful level that you're at? Yeah. So I enjoy doing what I get to do. You know, it's like, I kind of come from a mindset of, I already get to do every day of my life what I want to do. I just want to do more of it. I just want to go bigger. I just want to, 10x what we're already doing like i want to help more people I want to serve more people i want to i feel like I, we only have one life to live you know and so sometimes i put on that like that grandpa paradigm of being like 95 years old what did i do with my life what did i accomplish D- am i satisfied with how i stewarded my time in life I, I, i've seen some people pitch young people hey like hey make it of money go sit on the beach drink margaritas right. relax and just kind of veg out but like that's not what people like are going to be fulfilled by. Right? right. So for me, it's a, I feel like it's a calling and a purpose to coach and help people find their potential. That's my motivation. You know, it's like when your inward motivation uh, is, is stronger than the outward challenges, you keep moving. You don't get burned out. Like you don't mm-hmm. get tired. Right. So, you know, some people get tired, burn out when they're tired. Like it's not even part of my paradigm, like of, of I need to make X amount and then I'm done. It's like, there's yeah. never a done for me. It's the, the, I guess it's like, Hey, we're trying to, bring reformation to city. We're trying to change people's financial future. We're trying to change their you know, spiritual futures in some ways too. So it's like, we're just trying to make an impact with the short life we have. And then how do we multiply that in other people as well? Give them a vision for, you know, the next 60 years, the way that we want it to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge, man. Um, we, uh, you're just full of quotes already today. I love it. We're my, my quote gal is going to be really busy with this show. It's going to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> you're a quote machine. Okay. So, you you're you're after it there's never going to be a day of burnout i mean obviously there's days of struggle right we'll get to that here in a little bit i want to know some some detail on some on some struggle or some difficulty that you've had but what i hear you say is that gosh there's so much more ahead why why slow down why stop is that what i'm is that am i aligning with you on that yeah absolutely absolutely like let's just go after as much as we possibly can you know it's and when you run out of time you got to find other people that have more time you got to leverage other people's strengths their skill sets, build a team around you, you know? So for me, it's like, Hey, I've only got so many hours I can work in a day. I got to leverage other people's time, their assets, their skill sets. There's people that are, have different strengths than I do. So that's kind of the, the, the focus I'm in right now is like, Hey, how do I develop the most amount of people to help accomplish the mission the vision that we believe we have? Yeah. hundred percent. Love it. Okay. Let's go into, into uh, how you got started. I want to know, I mean, obviously there's several different things going on here. What, what came first? How did you get involved in it? Did you already, did you always know you're going to be an entrepreneur? Kind of give us like the beginnings. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it goes back a long time ago. I think, you know, whenever I was 10 years old, you know, my, uh, I had a vision of like, Hey, I'd like to really make some money. You know, I had some, my family had some financial hardships. We had some challenges. My folks had gotten divorced and we grew up in New Orleans. And I remember being in a place where I lived in a two-story house, and the I, I slept at the very top of the two-story house. And we're in the summertime Damn. right now, but it was it was hot at night. And I remember thinking to myself, "Man, I'd love to be able to make Real it hot. I never have to worry about not being able to pay for the AC again." You know, 
And so I ended up reading a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, reading a book and just saying, hey, I want a vision not just to save money, but to invest it back into building yeah. multiple streams of income. And so I started then, uh, 16, 17 years old, got more involved with, you know, going to church, got involved with ministry. And so I took like a 10 year detour, actually working in churches, nonprofits. But really, it was a good time to gain wisdom and mentoring. But I yeah. didn't really make it was more giving, giving money away and giving time away versus accumulating. And so. In yeah. 2014, I'd worked for a guy that had a similar pathway, a guy by the name of Bob Hartley, you know, and so he was uh, an entrepreneur, he was a speaker, worked with him for a few years, and he was, um, you know, I, I had the benefit of being able to work underneath him and get mentored and, and run, run his kind of business slash ministry. But I ended up getting divorced in 2014 and put me really in a place where financially it was a big hit right i was losing my house I only, the only thing i had was ready to lose my house had around wow. rooms in my house and so and then bob was basically about to go on sabbatical so right. i was losing my house my brother was moving back to new orleans you know i lost my kids for half the time i had a real dark night of the soul in that season that said man it just feels like it was everything like the heavens were brass you know everything that could go wrong went wrong and yeah. so at that point in my life i thought to myself Okay, well, my job's transitioning. My brother that lived with me was moving back home. One of my buddies that lived with me was getting married. Uh, you know, lost my kids for part of the time, right? Uh, I Man. lost all my money. The house that I had some equity in, I was losing, right? So wow. I thought to myself, how can I make money? And I thought to myself, well, I, I talked to some different people. I'm like, well, I've always been decent at sales and driving revenue. I need to get into a position where I could make, I could have a little more control of my income. And when you work in a business, doesn't matter what type of business is in, you're generally going to have, unless you're in a sales business, you're generally right. going to have a cap, you know? And yeah. so that's why I tell my guys that work underneath me. If you're in the sales business, you can really make as much money as you want to make right. um, as long as you're growing revenue, right? As long yeah. as you're bringing value to the bottom line and top line, right? And so I right. got involved with the insurance business and it's been fantastic for me. You know, it was, it was a grind. I used to work 2015 to 2018, work you know, 8 a.m., 7 a.m., really 7, 6 a.m. If I, if I told you the amount of hours I worked from 2015 to 2018, most people wouldn't believe it. But I worked seven days a week around the clock. It, it was probably unhealthy. I, I, in some ways, I had to slow down because I was running from poverty. I was running from my challenges. Like at 27 years old, I found myself in the same position I was at 10, where I just felt like, oh, man, I'm out of options. I feel like I hit poverty, hit me again. And I was trying to run so hard out of that ditch that – I had to say, you know what, there's a better, by the time 2018 came, having worked in hundred hour weeks for four straight years, I said, I got to learn how to build with a team. I got to learn how to build, yeah. not just on hustle, but how do I build on wisdom? How do I build where it's sustainable beyond my own strength? Cause I got to place in the business where my own strength and my own hustle wasn't going to go to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Right. It could only give me maybe two X or three X. It wasn't going to give me the 10 X I needed. Right. Yeah. So that's a little bit of how I got to where I'm at now in 2022, but just some different, you know, obviously once you start making money, you start thinking about where do I put it? And so at the time I was driving around Kansas city, selling insurance, going home to home. And I would go to every home, 8 AM, 10 AM, noon, two, four, six. I'd be at home till 8 PM. Sometimes, sometimes till 10 PM. They had me over, right? Uh, six days a week. Sometimes I try to rest on Sunday, go to church, but I started making money. And by the time I was 27, 2018, I said, well, now I've got a little bit of money. Let me go invest in property so I can kind of not have to go, again, sell all, all, all the time right. the rest of my life, right? 
Yeah. So I think that's the natural byproduct of sales is once you get good and you start making money, you start to say, I either got to build a team or I got to invest in real estate or something that's going to help me right. maximize that cash flow. Yep. And so the benefit I had was in the insurance business was driving around 60 square miles of Kansas City inside and out. I could see where there was distressed properties. I was running quotes on homes, figuring out their reconstruction costs all the time. And I yep. started looking at properties saying, oh, this one's valued at this, but the reconstruction is this. It should be this. And I could start to just play the games in my mind about like, and you see properties for like sometimes 40 or 50 grand. And you're like, well, I can kind of estimate the work. It doesn't seem like it would take that much to put the work into it. Right. And uh, so that's kind of how I got my start. And it's just yeah. been, hey, let's keep reinvesting. Keep going, you know? I love it. I, I, yes, you're right. The progression. Um, I love what you said about the hustle. You know, I think every entrepreneur has to go through that stage. If you didn't already have a sales job before, you definitely got to do it in your own business. Uh, there has to be a certain level of sales made. Let's just be honest. Like you don't have a business if you don't have sales. So there's got to be that grind. But then you're right at some point. So, you know, normally, um, you know, the listener here on this show is is six figure. They're trying to get to the seven figure marks. They're in that hustle. They're in that grind where they got to go get the sale, but they got to repeat it. Right. But um, in, in the Gathering the Kings seven figure uh, mastermind, our three things are this ref or uh, leveraging time, leveraging resources and leveraging key relationships and everything that you just said specifically around time. It's building your team and leveraging resources as you start making some money. What do I do with it? And and sometimes those are in deals. Sometimes those are deals in yourself, passive in, investing in something else in the market. I mean, there's I mean, you name it. There's countless ways to leverage your resources. Um but to be it. able, but to be able to have have that that perspective of I know I got to do something, but what am I going to do? Do I love that you that you, you just took some action, not knowing even necessarily what to do. You took some action, and it turned into a whole other business for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, you're right. That's stage one. You got to work your tail off. You got to sell. You got to drive revenue, and then you got to figure out at a certain point your time becomes more valuable than. Yep. You just grinding all the time. And once that once that metric hits where you you actually hit that mark, then you have to move into, like you said, you know, those three different things you gotta leverage. So that's kind of what we're in the process of doing the last four years is is beginning to think that way. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's good, man. Um, it's it's a good perspective. Um, you're gonna have a lot to to share here. I want to know. So going back to that same moment, maybe not like when you got started, but in that first couple of years, when you're grinding, when you're hustling, right where the listener is right now, tell me about a good decision that you made that you can look back on and you know that moment. Tell me the story. Yeah. So I remember being in 2015 and I was starting to sell and I started to make a little bit of extra money. And, and at this time, trust me, it wasn't that much money. It was like, I was starting to bring home like four or 5,000 a month. And for a guy that was working in the church, making like yeah. 1,500 to 2,000 a, like a month. Yeah, exactly. I was like, we can eat, I don't have to split a burrito now. I can Chipotle. I can do it all in one meal. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't have to go to Buffalo Wild Wings on the 25 cent wing nut. I could go That's whatever right. I wanted to, you know? That's right. We, I used to do that on Tuesday, Thursdays, go on, you know, cheap wing night, but it was like, no, we, we can, we can go on Wednesday sometimes, right? That's right. So I made the decision at that point to I talked to a mentor and I said, What can I what can I do to what should I do? I'm in this situation, I'm making a little more money. How do I do? How do I grow? And he said to me, he goes, a guy named Josh Sharp, he goes, You know, Chris, everybody I know that went big, 
that bet on themselves. And you need to decide to bet on yourself. You could put the money in the stock market, the mutual funds. You could put it into some real estate. But it was too immature for that. He goes, you need to bet on yourself. You got to bet, bet on your skill sets. Bet on your ability to buy leads and drive more revenue. And it really just, whenever I heard that bet on yourself, yeah, I realized that everybody's going to bet on something the next 10 years. That's right. Why not bet on yourself to really 10x or 100x what your vision is and trust that you can get it done. You can accomplish what you set forward. Now, you have to have some confidence that you trust yourself. You know you keep commitments to yourself. You know you have integrity. You know that the market's responding to you. You you can't bet on yourself if you don't have those key ingredients of hustle and stewardship and and wisdom and, and being able to put the client first, right? So that was the big moment that I said, hey, that's what I need to do is bet on myself. And so I just began to double and triple and quadruple my marketing and my buying and acquiring leads and acquiring more clients. And it's just, I knew I had a decision to make. I wasn't going to be yeah. content to just invest my money in the stock market or mutual fund and make 10% a year the rest of my life. It just wasn't what I was going to do. Um, because I'd watch the people in my family do that. They just work for 40 years, dying for the day they retire. And then once they retire, right. they don't know what they're going to do. So that, that was kind of the game changer. I mean, 2015 was better myself. Yeah. I, I, I so resonate. Yeah. Resonate with that dude. But here's what, here's the, here's the thing I want to point out in addition to the listener, because there's a lot of six figure guys and this comes up often because I'm a serial entrepreneur as well, just like you is that, you know, the, Oh, you got a lot going on or you got multiple businesses. Cause here's what happens is that usually when something gets going pretty good, like you in that exact moment, you get a little bit of money, you get excited about what you're doing. And then we go, Ooh, let me go over here. And, and really the, the, the advice that, that this guy gave to you was yes, invest in yourself, but stay right here. Yes. Don't go anywhere. Double down. Don't get distracted. And, and it doesn't mean that you can't do other things because eventually it has grown into other things. And I'm a huge fan. I'm, <laughs> I have eight companies. Yeah. I love lots of things. I love it. It gets me, gets me energized, but I'll tell you, it didn't happen all at once. And a lot of people get that confused. They get, they get distracted. And then with the thing that they had going really well, it's like a water pump that take your hand off and then it stops. Yes. You're absolutely right. It's exciting to hear that. Cause it's like, you're right. You can't stop your primary flow. You got to take care of your primary flow and try to build these, what I call symbiotic flows, things that kind yeah. of aren't like a total distraction, you know? Like for me, when I was selling home and auto insurance, we might add a life insurance line, might add some health insurance, um, add some financial services. We do some mortgage broker stuff. So just find the things that actually are symbiotic that don't take extra time away and they can multiply your streams. But yeah, for sure, like don't don't get the ADHD mode of like trying to go do all everything all over the place. And those people don't have their roots deep. The, you know, you got to have your roots deep. You got to stay focused. And, and it's, it's more about when, when you lose your focus, it can become about, are you just trying to entertain yourself? Or are you trying to grow a business, right? You have to stay focused on, you know, your primary, you just can't neglect your primary flow. I've watched it too many times. People get good and it's almost like they're like, oh, I can check the box. Yeah. I'm done. I can relax. And now I'm ready to go right. do something else. Right. And that's when right. you put your eyes back on you serving you versus serving the market, right? The market, so good. you know. 
So good. You you just said um, where I'm gonna I'm saying this out loud, so my um, production team will will make sure that they quote it. But you said you said you can either entertain yourself or you can run a business, and it's like, man, you're so right because the ADHD or the the like. I mean, we all have it. We all have it. I'm raising I'm raising both my hands. You know? <laughs> I love it. Um, I love going project to project and new idea to new idea. Um, but but that's not how sustainability um comes and that's definitely not how you build a seven-figure business oh 100 yeah 100 percent. it's it's you got to stay focused you know and some some of the you know some of the richest people in the world just stay focused on one or two things it's like you yeah. know you remember michael yeah. jordan when he tried to play baseball it didn't work out so well you know you have people that just if you just stay focused on being a specialist sometimes some people have the gift to do the eight companies right but some right. people just need to be specialist at one or two things for a while maybe a decade maybe five years and I see it with my team too. It's easy to get distracted. You got to keep them focused, focus, 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 you know, fight for focus. Exactly. All right. Well, so let's flip the coin here. Tell me about the the bad decision. Tell me about the dark, the dark moment where you could, you would change it if you could type of a thing. Uh, In business. Let's see. I I think sometimes in business uh, it's always people, you know what I mean? Like, so the, 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 the wealth and the, the, the prosperity of business is in your people. You know, there's a, there's a saying that, you know, people are the promised land, right? And people have been my biggest asset, but people have also been my biggest challenge. You know what I mean? And, and you can work with people that you think are good people. You can work with people that you think are uh, even, you know, upstanding people. And then you find out you don't underwrite the deal as well. And you get into a situation where it falls apart, Right. Or you go hire somebody and you think they're going to work well, you trust them a lot, and then you get burned. So th- are those bad decisions? No, I just think that when you're young and starting out, you take a lot more risk than when you get older, you get a little more wiser and you vet your process a little better to yeah. where you learn how to uh, require people to earn your trust. You learn how to require people to earn earn their spot more than just giving away the keys, you know? Sure. And so yeah. do I have a specific story? I mean, I think that's been a, a probably a, a pattern over the years is sometimes – you just got to you got to be careful in business to not underhire and then you got to make sure you cut ties when it's time to cut ties soon as well it's like it's and i think that would be my 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 I, i'd probably be a lot larger no i wouldn't say a lot larger but i'd say we'd probably be larger if we had cut ties faster with certain people right sure that's yeah. all it, i wouldn't say it would be larger but i could have saved let's say even if we had 50 to 100,000 dollars just cutting ties sooner with certain situations maybe yeah. even more yeah. So that's just me looking back the last eight years and saying, hmm. <laughs> you know, you always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but then sometimes it's like, you got to just cut the ties when you know it's not a yeah. good fit. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you, and you, <clears throat> it's tough to know that moment until you had the moment and you go, well, you either didn't, you didn't learn it and then it burned you. Um, or you executed in the moment and you, and, and it worked. Um, usually it's the burning that you, that you remember. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so oh, it keeps you on your toes. So in that moment, you're like, okay, no, no, no. This is like, it's, this is the break point. This contractor's got to go or this, this client or this, you know, team member, whatever. Um, it's, it's, it, this is the breaking point. You got to know that. Yeah. It's, 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 you don't expect everybody to do it, but some people lack integrity when they need cash and when they need money. And so it's, it's a challenging thing to kind of navigate, you know, where you're trying to keep things moving and you have to have some discernment. It takes some discernment to know, hey, when's the time to be patient and when's the time to, you know, make the call. Um, 
I, I liken it to like if you're a coach of a football team or a basketball team, you got to know when to pull somebody off the, you know, off the, off the field and put them on the bench for a while, right? You got to figure out the, the time frame. And so, I, I yeah. could say three or four times when I just waited too long. My tendency is to wait too long and give people the benefit of the doubt versus yeah. to fire quickly or to cut the partnership quickly. That's that's kind of my tendency. And yeah. so, in some ways, you can benefit by being gracious first. Yep. But it's better to have truth and grace, right? It's better to have a little bit of both and find a way to kind of keep yourself from your weaknesses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you said it perfectly because you're right. Whether you lean naturally more towards the truth or the grace side, um, both have um, a place. And to be able to utilize both is, um, is, is the mastering, I guess, of, of, the, of both sides of the sword, you know? So what you you kind of you you hinted at when i asked you that question around like as you get older you you experience more things you know you have this more discernment you become wiser a better process what what is that process now or do you have a discipline of sorts when a decision comes to your desk and you got to make a decision in regards to hiring firing developing people yeah all of the above yeah, so so I think hiring when I'm bringing somebody on my team, I now I'm in a place in life where I'm like, I want to see who I want to work with. I want to make sure I like them, right? So in my culture, in my office, I want somebody that's it's very positive, right? I want somebody that values community, that values like our culture, that values the cause that we're about. Hey, we're about changing Kansas City for the better. Like we're about changing people's financial future. We're about you know, going out there and serving and, and giving back, right? Like that, that's a certain aspect of our culture, right? So sure. we want positive people. We don't want people that complain or defend themselves when they're getting coached. We want people that are coachable. We want people that value excellence as much as they value fun. You know, we don't want them to be uptight and super wound up, super stressed out or uptight or, you know, too rigid, but we don't want them to be so fun that they don't value excellence. And so right. now I have a process of saying, hey, let somebody else on my team kind of interview first round, right? And maybe only take a third of those into the second round, right? Where then I'm like, okay, let me sit down with them. And the key thing for me is, do I, do I want to work with them? You know, it's kind of like going on 100 blind dates to find out who wants to go on the second date, right? So it, yeah. it takes time. It takes time and a good system. But, you know, as your business grows, you have more money to be able to set up those processes. You know, when I first got started, I was just trying to hire anybody that could, you know, speak and had a good personality, right? That was my, right. that was my, uh, Your two qualifiers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you'll, you'll listen, you'll take some orders, you, you make some calls and then, you know, we, we, we'd eventually get rid of them pretty quickly if they, if they couldn't pick up the phone, but it was, so that, that's kind of my process is, Hey, a couple rounds of interviews, make sure I like them. We look at the four C's. Hey, they got to be a good fit for our compensation plan. We're looking for humble people, people that want to work hard, value excellence. We look at our cause. Hey, what's our mission? What are we about as a community, as a company, right? Here's what we're trying to accomplish in this city, right? right. We look at our community. We want people that value community. We don't just want people that go home, read books and isolate and stay at the house and aren't involved, right? We want people, if we have a company party, those are people that are excited about coming, right? And it's not saying they have to, but you, you want people that like being there. We want people that value our culture. We, if, you, if you bring somebody that's negative or blames other people or defends themselves or complains a lot into a positive culture, it'll never mix well. And so those are the four C's we, we, we really focus on all the time. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that right now as we speak. There's never enough people we can hire. Yeah. Like that's like if you, if you ask me, what's the number one thing I need? It's like, I am looking for people 
that want to be paid well, that want to work for a company as a cause, that want to work their tail off, they want to have unlimited income potential. That's what I'm looking for and are willing to pay their dues to get there. You know, that they actually pay their dues, not coming there with entitlement, trying yeah. to avoid the hard work, coming there want, wanting to work for a company that has a positive, but also a, a diligent atmosphere. Like, hey, we're going to hold you accountable to excellence. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I love the I love the the balance there that you gave, especially the descriptor of it, you know, between fun and and excellence. Both are needed, obviously, in a culture. Um, but man, excellence is just so important for customer experience and and for the business to be done right and money to be tracked properly. Like you have to have excellence. There's just no wavering from that. Um, but but the culture, the fun, the human perspective really um makes or breaks whether the excellence is worth it. Right. Because we, there's a lot of businesses that do excellent. You know, there's a lot of businesses that uh, track things properly. They got good equipment. They got good offices, you know, all the, all the excellent things, you know, on the outside, but the, uh, the fun piece or, or the human element gets lost. Right. And that's why, that's why people switch jobs or they, they're discontent or what, you know, whatever it is. So um, I want to, I want to transition um, to our speed round. I'm going to come at you a couple different angles here with, uh, with some different questions. My first one is this, obviously you're in three different industries, but they're kind of linked. I want you to take all those businesses and I want you to dwindle them down into one trackable metric that if you could only pick this one metric to track forever and ever, what would it be? Yeah. So I like to say we're in the people business, you know, it's like we're selling happiness to people. We're protecting their homes, protecting them. So what metric would track for me i'm looking at hey i want to track people that are aligned and bought in and on my leadership track inside of my company so if i look at i've got two offices two commercial buildings we own i'm looking at how many leaders do i have underneath my uh vision and then how many leaders do they have underneath theirs so because i know if i take care like i look at i look at my leaders as my chief clients yeah right those are the people i serve the most those people i spend the most time with those are the people that bring the most value to my company. And so the one metric I would have is how many leaders do I have that are aligned to my vision, my values that are bought in and how many people do they have underneath them doing the same thing, right? That's the one metric. If we do, if I have that, my, my business will grow for eternity. Yeah. I love, I love that. Uh, even it's, it's not just the people, the way that you described leadership, building leaders, even leaders within leaders and how that's an indicator. Um, <clears throat> that comes from a trained perspective for sure. So uh, I'm, I'm pointing that out to the listener here because I mean, I, I don't know of any uh, home or child. I mean, unless I guess, unless, you know, John Maxwell's your dad, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how you just like, you just, you, just you, you have to, you have to learn leadership. You have to press into it. You have to, you have to learn it, write it down, and then you have to apply it. And then you got to kind of like work stuff out. And then to be able to then raise up leaders is like another level of that. And so I'm, I'm saying all that to encourage the listener because they're in the process right now of most likely pressing into being a leader, right? They haven't hit that seven-figure mark partly because they, they, they can't fully lead 100% well, or maybe they have gotten that down and now they're in the process of trying to duplicate themselves um, in, in leadership form. So everything that you just said makes beautiful sense, but I want to highlight that to them that it's for real. Like You're not going to move on. You cannot move on. Uh, without this, without this angle, oh, I love what you're saying, and I love what you're doing with both the podcast and the Gathering the Kings Mastermind because you're giving people an on ramp to acceleration. You know, we used to say, "Hey, there's acceleration through association, right?" I and love so, that. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm thinking about writing a book with that title on it, but it's yeah. been, you know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll do been, it together. No, I like that. I like, I love that. Absolutely. And that's what I love. I love what you're doing with both the podcast and with the mastermind. And I just think it's so, it's so crucial to get out from comparing yourself to people that you went to high school with or college with, or sit across from you in the office. When you oh. compare yourself amongst yourselves, it's like, like if I just compare myself to just like, let's say a broker's down the street, well, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know their values. I don't know their vision. I'm trying to compare myself to my potential. Yeah. And if you have a bunch of people in the room that are looking at where our potential with a guy that's been there and done it and, you know, it just makes it so much easier to accelerate. Right. And so I, I never looked at it as a cost. I look at it as an investment in myself, my future. I've been a part of different masterminds before in the past, but it's, sure. it's always expanded my vision and my mindset of like, Hey, these things I need to tweak, these things I need to learn. And, and it's challenging. You got, you got to be able to say, Hey, I want to grow. I want to grow in that atmosphere. I'm going to grow. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. You're spot on, dude. Um, it's, it's the, it's the reach. If you can acknowledge that you haven't reached it, then the next progression is, well, let me reach. I ha- if I haven't reached the end, that means there's something more. Let's go. I mean, that, that, uh, there's obviously a lot, a lot more that goes into the journey, but um, that should fuel, fuel the tank for a long time. Um, okay, so I got, I got a question for you around books. What book would you recommend that a six-figure business owner read um, who's you know, trying to scale, trying to get to that spot? Yeah, I think one that I re- read recently was The Power of One More by Ed Milet. Yeah, great book. So just saw him speak recently. I love his podcast, love what his book he's doing. The power of one more, just a, basically a story of like maxing out your potential. You know, obviously most people say, you know, you have the rich dad, poor dad. Uh, there's a bunch of books on habits or, you know, or disciplines, things like that. But that's a big one for me. I'm trying to think of what else I've read recently. But, you know, that's that, the power of one yeah. more in my life. Perfect. We'll put it in the show notes as well. But yeah, a great recommendation. Um, okay. What? You kind of already talked about masterminding a little bit. You said you were part of some other ones. Do you intentionally network and or mastermind? Is there a difference? Do you do these things with other entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, you know, with different carriers that I represent in the insurance field, I make it one of my goals every year to make it to all the achievement clubs that I can possibly get into. Why? Not not because I want the free trip. That's important to me and my family. I love that, right? But it's really like when you get around the top 40 people in maybe your carrier, your industry, right? When I get around the top 10%, right? It does something for me, right? When I'm hanging around people on my team or maybe even people that are my employees below my team, right? I spend most of the time elevating their thinking. But when I go into a place where there's continual elevated thinking, it begins to normalize and codify my brain that I'm not just pioneering. This is normal. You know, the pioneer can run into all these different things where they feel like, am I insane? Am I doing this? Like everybody tells me like, this is crazy. What am I doing? But then you get around people that have an elevated mindset and a mastermind, like gathering the Kings. When I, it's like, all of a sudden you realize, Oh, this is normal. No, we're we're just trying to reach for potential. What's, what's abnormal is people that are settling for less than their best. Right. Right. Yep. hundred percent. Exactly. Um, good. Well, I think that, um, your, your perspective is fresh. Um, but it's so good. I want to, I want to take that a layer deeper though. Everything that you just said logically makes sense. Even I'm thinking back to me when I only had one edible arrangement location, 25 years old, 
We're not doing a million dollars yet. And if you had told me that, I'd been like, yeah, that makes sense. But then if you had presented me with an opportunity to join a group or, or go to a conference or whatever, like th- when it came time to actually do it, put my money where my mouth was, I would have been like, ah, and I probably would have been full of excuses because I was scared, scared to spend the money, you know, all these things. Right. And I put myself in that position because that's literally where I was. I remember thinking, spending money on a conference that I didn't, I wanted to go. I don't, <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I'm so, ah, so what would you say to that person who was me? years and years ago, but they're listening right now. Yeah, I, I think you can't afford not to, right? There's the cost of going, but there's the cost of not going, right? I think people don't write the cost down of what if I don't grow? What if I don't invest? What is the cost? People don't want to look yeah. at that. They do not want to look at the lead measures to what if I don't? Those type of people, right? So for me, it's like when I got to place in business, I had to write down myself, okay, I could spend this much money on marketing or I could not. Okay. The cost right. of not is I save money today. Yep. The cost of, of not doing like the cost of doing is I lose money today. The cost of not doing is I'll lose money the rest of my life. Right. And right. so when I started to write like the opportunity cost, like what's the opportunity cost to not doing something or doing something. So you know, yeah. I, that's how I'm in Kansas city. Now that's how I came to Kansas city. I started going to conferences, started going to the one thing conference years and years ago. I wanted to be inspired. I wanted to have a a vision for my life, a cause to be a part of, right? And so for me, it was just part of my lifestyle from 17, 18 years old, going to young adults conferences, being inspired. Um, But I do understand. I do understand the cost, but you can reward yourself. Make it into a vacation. Make it into a business expense, right? Right. That's what I try to do. Add an extra day on the end that, that you go explore the city you're going to. We just got back from Dallas, from Austin, West Virginia this summer, but I'm getting around people that uh, you know, we probably spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year on personal development, and then a lot of times we get trips given to us for free. They're probably worth that much, also. Yeah. So as long as we're making a return, like if we can get one or two pieces of information Easy. that change your game, um, it's so worth it. Doesn't matter if it costs a few thousand dollars. Like I'll have people come by my office for coaching, mentoring, and I always try at the end. I'll bring some of their teammates by. I always try at the end to go pick their brain. And that's what I encourage the listener to do is like, you got to be a giver. You got to be a mentor to others. And then at the end, sometimes it opens the door. What givers get, right? Uh, so if you can give, then at the end, you can just ask. It opens the door for you to ask a question. Say, hey, and I was able to mentor this lady probably an hour this past week. And then I asked her a question about her process. And man, it gave me, it opened my mind, that one little nugget that frankly, had I would have just called her and asked her, she may not pick up the phone. Right. But I t- it wouldn't have had the same reach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to leave that one there. We, we've, we've, uh, we've beat that horse. Um, you, you're incredible. Your, your mindset, you're a studied individual. That's what I'll say. Um, if you only had a one week or sorry, one hour each week to operate your business successfully, like you do now, what would you do with that one hour to successfully run your business if you were limited to one hour per week? That's a great question. So if I had one hour, I would have tremendous PowerPoints, tremendous slides, and make it a tremendous staff meeting like you would not believe. Inspire, dream, recruit, teach, power-packed one hour. Like just, I've got 20 people that listen to me in my office every every week. So I would like really put 
you know, our staff meeting might be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes some weeks, but I'd put a full hour into coaching, inspiring, hold people accountable, going through results, right. talking to my key leaders, maybe the latter part of the meeting and seeing how they're buying and then just check on the results week to week, check on it the next week, check on it the next week and, and let them know, Hey, we'll be talking about it next week. <laughs> Someone's going to be tracking. Exactly. That's good. Yep. Okay. Last question here for you. Chris, if you lost it all, what would you do? <laughs> I'd probably cry for a little bit, you know, <laughs> I can't believe it. I appreciate the honesty. Go, <laughs> I'd probably go like grieve for a good couple of days, you know, nurse my wounds. And then, and then eventually, you know, you kind of, kind of come out of it, you know, cause I've lost it all before. And so if I lost it all again, I guess the key is don't lose it all again, right? You know, everybody loses something once, but you don't want to lose it all again. But if I did lose it all, I'd be like, oh, man, I got to get back to selling. I got to get resourceful. I'd yep. probably be a lot more resourceful than I am right now. You know, when you got resources, you don't have to be as resourceful, right? That's right. That's <laughs> you can right. just make things happen with money, right? Money, time, team. But I'd get back to just being reselling. I'd do the same thing I did over again. I'd just get back to selling, doing it faster, have a lot more experience, more wisdom, more know-how. And I wouldn't care like, hey, just go borrow money if I can borrow money to go do it. And it'd be, you know, we'd be I'd be where I'm at today and probably a quarter of the time. Sure. Yep. hundred percent. I agree. Um, how can the listener find you, Chris? Like uh, they want to connect with you. They want to take you up on your little uh, mentorship call. They want to they want to get insurance from you. <laughs> how can they find you? <laughs> Yeah, shoot, shoot me in. Well, you know, I'm not as, I, I'm probably not as social media friendly as I should be. Like, I don't have a great, <laughs> I'm on Instagram, but I don't really use it. Yeah. I don't have a TikTok. So, yeah, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. You can send me a, a, a message on email, cpcostanza at gmail.com. Chris Paul, cpcostanza at gmail.com. Uh, but feel free to reach out. You know, we're always looking to work people that are looking for an opportunity, hungry, ready to grow, ready to be coached. And um, that's how I reached out. But I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed meeting with you, Chaz. It's been a, it's been a real, uh, you know, sharpening conversation. I'm glad to see people out here doing what you're doing. You yeah, know? man. Appreciate that. We, we are excited that we get to rub shoulders with, with uh, entrepreneurs, teams like yours. And so thank you for doing what you're doing in the marketplace. We wish you nothing but uh, success, blessing uh, on all that you have your hand to. So thank you for being here. Thank you too, brother. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.